Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austed's Golf. Here it comes. Goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Huh, what do you think of that open, Matt? The, the new, the, kind of a new sound? That is a nice opener. That's golf. It's golf season, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Welcome. This is Jeff Kolpak. This is the Golf Show on 7:40 a.m. 107.3 FM. The website 7:40thefan.com. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra and always, always carried at KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Later in the show, Dave Osted, the CEO of Osted's Golf, is going to join us. Dave, uh, uh, we're going to talk about the resurgence of golf and. Uh, what a year we've had since the pandemic uh, really, I think, opened our eyes that we could be outdoors. And since last summer, the industry as a whole has just gone gangbusters. So we'll talk to Dave about that. We'll also check into Wildflower Golf Course in the Lakes Country. Love playing that course. One of the more beautiful views you'll get in the, in the region playing Wildflower. And uh, a couple of interesting holes, too. <laughs> so we'll talk with Christian Stensgards, uh, the course manager out at Wildflower. But first and foremost, an old friend of the show. I don't want to say old, Matt Cook, but uh, you've been around a couple of years. Maybe not as long as Greg McCullough, but you're you're catching up to him, I guess. Good morning. How are you? Very good, Jeff. Thanks again for having me today. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite as old as that dinosaur, yeah. but I'm getting oh, up there. Oh, he is a dinosaur, isn't he? <laughs> well, he's going he's gonna to kill me for that. But You've been at Rose Creek now for how long? Uh, since 2005. So what's that? 16 years, I don't know. maybe? I'm, or a, I'm a writer. I'm not a, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not a mathematician. I'm sure it's been all 16 years anyway. 2005 was my first year of going to Rose Creek, and it does feel like it's only been yeah. 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The course has grown up over the years, and I want to start right there. In, and it's always nice to review what you've done with flood control, but it's worked. And so where are we at with the flood control issues that you guys have addressed in the last so five, six, seven years? Yeah, you know what? Um, there has been a ton of changes at Rose Creek since the existence when the, the golf course opened, like in 1993. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost from day one, they had issues as far as flooding issues uh, and it made some drastic changes early on where they ended up purchasing some additional land and took a couple of the holes out of play that they, they had from the original design. And more recently now... Um, with the uh, with the levy projects going through the city of Fargo, they had asked us also they they need to raise those levy uh, levels mm-hmm. on up, and they also asked if they could reroute that through the golf course. Um, so that was a pretty big change for us a few years back here. The levy projects haven't really done a whole lot as far as um, mitigating the amount of damage we're going to have in like high floods. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really kind of contained that water so that it doesn't pour off into some of the residential areas, some of the yeah. commercial areas around right. our property. But the nice part of the way Rose Creek was designed is that all of our tees and greens are at kind of higher elevation. So the last to go under and the first to come on out. Yep. So typically, even on really high flood times, um, we come out of there in, in relatively good shape. Uh, there's some definitely some cleanup, and there's definitely some uh, turf grass we need to kind of get growing back in once again. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our 
golf course uh, maintenance team led by Eric Hansen, his staff, I think have been through it so many times now that they've really gotten pretty good at getting things back. But yeah. tell you what, Jeff, having a couple years now with no flooding right. has been Hasn't great. it been nice? Yeah. So the Fargo uh, diversion, the, the, the FM diversion, I guess it's called, will reduce the flow of water when it gets going. And I think it's going. <laughs> I think it's still being built, as far as I can tell. But at 37 feet, correct, going through Fargo, where would, where would that affect your course? Unfortunately, um, it, it doesn't. It's not really a game changer for us. Okay. At, at 37 feet, that's a really high amount of water for mm-hmm. us, and so we're still going to kind of take on of what we've probably done in the because past. Because it comes through the coulee there. It does. Yep. yep. You know, there's nothing separating us from the river. Uh, except for an open structure bridge right yep. there. So water's free to flow from the river into our course, mm-hmm. just as the water's free to flow from our course into the river. And um, I don't know if there's been any uh, changes as far as the water that goes through the coulee, which we both have taken on from, I remember, the west and mm-hmm. from the south. That kind of goes through the coulee process, eventually gets in the river. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we kind of are, I don't want to say a holding area, but water is free to just go through that back nine um, and so there, at all times, even in the worst of floods now, like I say, with the levee coming through there, we're protected as far as um, holes one through seven, yep. 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. Everything else would be like on the opposite side right. of the levee. Yep. So, but once again, most of that stuff is kind of higher elevation. So The course has really grown up to me. Yeah. When I play it, and I played it since it opened in 1993, and it was a Lynx open and now the trees have grown in. Obviously, the course has matured. What kind of a maturity have you seen at Rose Creek since you've been there? Yeah, I think a lot of areas. And one, of course, you think of right away as far as the trees. So definitely some of those that you could just kind of knock it over and, and, and not really worry about in the past. Mm-hmm. Now they've definitely you know, kind of grabbed your attention. I think just as far as the turf grass maturity, I think uh, in the last 15 years, once again, uh, Eric Hansen and his crew have done a great job of growing that in where this the turf is so much better. They've done a nice job as far as being able to kind of get the greens in excellent condition, rolling at a really adequate pace. Um, I think of... Uh, you know, some of the things that they've been able to address from the driving range, um, the, the practice area in general, a lot of great improvements, I think, that have added to that, which I think has really resulted in the, you know, the number of rounds. I mean, we were doing very well before COVID, but COVID, yeah. of course, was really kind of that shot of adrenaline that uh, that golf was kind of looking for that really has propelled it to a whole nother level. Hole number three, for those that haven't played, and, and for those that have played Rose Creek a lot, you'll know what I'm talking about, is a par five between two bodies of water, and you got to pick your poison on how far you want to cut it. How many thousands or millions of golf balls come out of there every year? <laughs> have you have you ever seen them pick them out of there? There's a lot of. There's got to be just. Is that the most? Is that the the biggest hazard for for golf balls? If you were guess. Yeah, without a doubt, because I mean, there's not just an option off the tee, both left or right, but also on your second shot, and potentially for a lot of people, even on their third yeah, shot. Right. It's um, you know, people always talk about we don't have that as our number one handicap hole, and I always get people kind of rolling their eyes at me and and kind of looking at like, are you kidding me? You know, I, I've struggled with that hole, and I and I get it. It's definitely the most volatile hole as far as in the golf course, I'd say. If you look at like uh, whether it's our men's club, women's clubs, and you look at scorecards, some of your biggest individual numbers are going to come on that hole. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, I think for you know your your better player, maybe even your average player, once you've played that a little bit and you kind of learn a little bit on how to play that hole and how to kind of manage you know those numbers, um, really, and when you look at stroke average. Number two, which is a really long par four, not there's you know trouble down the left as far as out of bounds, and you get up further down the left, and we've got some area that's marked as hazard. Yep. Um, 
but it's just a big hole. It's a big, long hole. That one can be very, very challenging. And number five as well, because number five actually is a, a, a dogleg par four, slight dogleg from left to right, out of bounds down the left side, big body of water down the right. Right. And a very challenging green that's kind of well uh, protected by it is. bunkers. It is, yes. Yep, hazard kind of in front of the green there. And so once again there too, not only in your tee shot, which a lot of people being faders or slicers of the golf ball is going to you know kind of grab your attention and, and penalize a lot of people. But even then, once you make your drop, that second shot can be really challenging too. I like so. number three, Matt. In talking with Matt Cook, head professional at Rose Creek Golf Course here on the Golf Show on 740, the fan. I think number three is a great mental challenge Mm -hmm. because you're at the tee box and the good player doesn't see the water. Uh, The the higher handicap sees, oh, my God, there's water everywhere. Oh, geez, I'm done. It's almost like it's almost like a a football team showing up at the Fargo Dome to play NDSU and already defeated before they even step on the field. It can be that way. You know, it's it's hard. A lot of people, you know, you get a par four, par five, of course you want to hit the driver. And so when you look at club selection, a lot of times on that, you know, I've talked to some better players even. And the nice thing with, with number three, it's a dog leg left for those that don't know. So the, the hole continues to just kind of go left, 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 left. It's almost not quite a horseshoe, but it, it starts to kind of shape that way. Yep. And, you know, if you could play it down the left side. And so it's like if you kind of got an, you know, an idea, if you've got a GPS, if you've got your range finder or yes maybe your partner for some information there, you can kind of get an idea of what it is to the pond on the left. And if you can kind of hug that left side, so if that even means hitting a fairway wood off the tee, if it's a hybrid off the tee, if it's an iron, mm-hmm. a better, stronger player could probably hit as little as seven or six iron down that left side, be short of the water. And then you've got a much better angle of attack on your second shot. It's a little bit bigger area. It's a little bit uh, wider area as far as to come in on that second shot. So now if you kind of, once again, get your yardage once again and try to see if you can hit something in play there, now maybe at least you're getting it in that 160 to 120-yard range for your average player. A little bit more doable now if you can avoid water in those first two. So club selection, I think, off the tee and also on your second shot and also kind of your sight lines, your angle of attack on that. Right. They're so key. But... Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people, like I say, will grab that furry wood drive or whatever, get it up there, and uh, all kinds of problems begin. I, I play it three wood around a seven iron and then wedge. It's a good strategy. Because I, I'm just not good enough to go for it in two. I, I don't hit it far enough. And that second shot, I mean, there's not there's not a lot of room behind either. So you can't like, okay, I'm just going to wail away. And if I'm over the green, I'm over the green. Well, guess what? There's water over the green. So it's. I think that's a well-designed hole in that. Not every hole has to be, uh, you know, easy or perceived easy. You need some challenges out there. And I think that's a well-designed hole in that respect because it challenges your mental state of mind. Like, what co- what club am I going to use here? And I would say for the higher handicap, play for par. Play for par, or maybe even, you know what, if you're making lots of eights and nines on it, play how am for I bogey. Make bogey. Yep. How am I going to make bogey? Does that mean I can hit seven iron off the tee somewhere in the middle, hit another seven iron somewhere out there, hit another seven iron, and then hit wedge? You know what? Hey, bogey's not a bad score. And so, yeah, you got to kind of pick your poison. It's just like on tour, too. You look at some of the big courses there. There's holes that those guys can, you know, think, okay, these are the ones that hopefully are my birdie opportunities. And there's mm-hmm. others that, you know what, par's not a bad score. And so. What's the number one handicap hole? Well, we've got it actually number five. You got five, okay. Yep, and and once again, we basically we went off of the NDGA North Dakota Golf Association will come out and rate your golf courses. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're making a, a fairly significant change, it's a good idea to have them come on out. And I think I don't know if it's every five, six, seven years how often they recommend it anyway, because there could be just changes based off you know trees, hazards, things that may have changed up on your golf course. And so when they came on out, they'll rate every single hole. 
And they actually will send you out a spreadsheet that kind of ranks them based off of their determination. Um, and number five actually came up on their list mm, as well. Interesting. And so then we've done now, not once, but twice I've actually done where we'll compile scorecards for over a period of time, try to get a pretty good uh, indication of what's really happening on out there, both by a lower handicap player and a higher handicap player. And then kind of see where those stroke averages so you, fall. So you actually study it with different handicap scores. Correct. Yep. Because ideally, it would be kind of good to getting that sample as far as your lower handicap group and your higher handicap right. group. See where both those average on out. Because a lot of times, you know, for like a higher handicap uh, player, um, you know, you think of like par threes. A lot of time, you look on the scorecard, and and quite often those tend to be your easier holes based off of how they handicap each holes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for those that don't understand this, you know, they when you look at a scorecard, most of them have a handicapping for each hole. So 1 through 18, 1 being the most difficult, 18 being the easiest. So a lot of times the par 3s are the easiest because you look at, like, your your bogey player, double bogey player, your higher handicap guy, they can usually get to the green in two shots and two putts, so they make bogey on it. Right. You're, um, you know, and so it's not like it's too brutal for them. And your lower handicap guys a lot of times can par or worst case make bogey too. But as you get into like the par fives that have a lot more length and you require, you know, three well-struck shots right. or whatever, your higher handicap player maybe has a little bit more challenge to do that. So Matt Cook is the guest. He's a head professional at Rose Creek Golf Course in South Fargo. The course is looking prime shape, prime shape. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Matt and the world of golf. Stay with us. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show on the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. This is Jeff Kopak, your host. We're heading into summer, and the weather has been... We had a little little downside, Matt, in April, but I think we're really looking... Uh, Matt Cook is the guest on 740 Fan and 107.3 FM. Before the break, we were talking about the higher handicap holes. To me, in the world of golf in Fargo, I think it's number 15 at Moorhead Country Club, is number one by far. That's a double, triple bogey every time. Some holes just don't work. Your course, we're talking about three and five. What about the back nine? There's a couple challenges there. Yeah, you know, the back nine's got kind of a nice little blend. Which That's what's really kind of unique about Rose Creek. You play the front nine, it's a little flatter, kind of more of like a parkland setting. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some really feel-good holes coming down the stretch, you know, on the front nine. If you can kind of navigate your way, one's like a really good opening big hole. You kind of hit anywhere. It's kind of a good starting way. Two, three, four, five, that stretch right there, that can get a little tricky. So if you can kind of survive that and still kind of be in the ball game, right. six through nine, a little bit more friendly. You start out on 10 right away, and you kind of get a little bit of friendly still, kind of a shorter par four, 11. Um, our par threes are unique. The, the, the fortunate part, they're not real long, which is kind of nice for players. The unfortunate part is I think any time you build a golf course, it's nice to be able to have some differential as far as from par three. So you got some different clubs to hit. If you look at ours from the back tees, they all kind of hover around that 145 to 150 mark. And so there's not a lot of change there except for number seven, which probably plays. You could get that one almost about 195 from the back tees. So anyway, you, you kind of get through there. 12 kind of starts getting your attention. 13 is kind of a you know a short par three, but yet a lot going on around there too. It's all force carry right. and uh, hazards all around it. So that can kind of be tough. And then 14, 15, 16, I really kind of like that area of the golf course now because that's kind of where the levee was actually built and runs through the golf course. And anybody that hasn't, isn't from Fargo or hasn't played out at Rose Creek much would not be aware of it all when they came on out there. You would yeah. not know that's a levee. You're just like, wow. Also, we got some hills It's a great there. design. Yeah. That's how you design yep. a levee because it doesn't look like a levee. Exactly. I mean, and uh, when Garrett Gill was the architect on that project from Gill & Associates and 
that was the one thing we, you know, had, had told the city, said, listen, we're good with you running this through the golf course, but we can't make this look like just a big old, <clears throat> truly a levy, uh, right, just right. kind of running yeah. through there. Yeah. This has really got to blend in. It's got to look good. Uh, we really need to come up with a better product than what we've got going mm-hmm. into this project. And and I thought for what they need to do there, I was really impressed, and I thought they really knocked that out of the park. And then, uh, you know, so 14, I think, they removed a lot of trees. They removed some hazards to the left. Um, still a good hole, but I think it's probably a little bit more friendly for your average player and maybe higher handicap than it was before. Um, and then you've got 15 and 16. Both are, are, are kind of got some fun holes. or some movement to the fairway, mm-hmm. pretty friendly. And you get a 17 and 18 once again, and all of a sudden we welcome back all that water once again. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and out of bounds on the left yeah. on both both holes. Which and, is the most visible as you yeah, come into the course, right? That's a kind of a nice little tough finishing hole. And if we get any wind at all, those two can definitely grab your attention as well. No, you still you deal with prairie wood, correct? I do, that, yeah. That's prairie wood. And that's where I, as a kid, really it was my first foray into – Big boy golf because it was my first par fours. I grew up playing El Zago like a lot of small tykes. And when my dad brought me to Prairiewood, oh my gosh, this is a long, long way. I love the intermediate range, I guess, for, for, for the course. Yeah, Prairiewood, you know, I don't want to say it's it's forgotten. I think it's just not talked as much about. It definitely right. has been forgotten because we did a boatload of rounds last year and then they're continuing to really mm-hmm. pump them on out this year. But it, it is a really nice layout. And I think if you talk to any avid player, too, that's had an opportunity to go on over there, most time, you know, when you think of avid players and they're like 18-hole players, and so you just don't tend to go to the nine-hole courses. But I think when they get on over there, they go, wow, there's a lot of really fun holes there. And it is have a blend. You've got some shorter par fours. You've got some longer par fours. You know, mm-hmm. you've got some shorter par threes, and you've got a couple longer par threes. And it's just overall, I think, a great little course, uh, regardless of your ability level. But even for that newer player or those families, it's kind of a nice way to kind of get your way through in a couple hours, have some fun with it, and not get too beat up. Yeah, and, and, and not go from El Zago to Edgewood or, or, or Rose Creek or whatever. Correct. I, I just think it's great for the junior high kid or, or whatever. Or a beginner golfer. I mean, you can start golfing at 40. That's the beauty of the sport. And with the numbers that we've seen in the last year, I'm guessing you've seen a lot of beginner golfers because the numbers are, are telling us that. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of people that are kind of getting into the game, maybe for the last time. I think we're getting a lot of people that are coming into the game that maybe just haven't played as much in recent years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now that's starting to kind of, uh, for whatever they've got, maybe more discretionary time or what might be or some of their other activities they just haven't felt comfortable doing. And it's really uh, got a lot of those people playing more and more golf. And even our avid players just playing more golf. So that has been really kind of fun to see. So we're seeing at both Rose Creek and as far as the nine-hole courses, I think more of that. Our men's club and ladies club, the numbers have been just crazy. We, last year... Uh, um, going into it, we implemented a tee time strategy where before we used to do a six o'clock shotgun. It's always been a nine hole league. And I would say that moving into COVID, we were getting kind of around that 90 player mark. Mm-hmm. And that was really good for us. I mean, that was coming back from like 10 years ago where it was probably like in the 40s. Now we're getting through this year near the 140 mark pretty consistently over the last three to four weeks when the weather's been marginal at all. I got to tell you, the, the the rise in popularity in the last year has really surprised me. And I'm going to talk to Dave Austin about this later in the show. But in this day and age, when we're always looking at our phones every five seconds or every minute, we, we can't watch a TV show for more than 20 minutes before getting bored. We get bored in society this day because it's now, right? It's a now, 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 now world. Whereas golf, you, you take a little load off, and it takes time, and it's a little more relaxing if, if you play it right. I think you need to relax out there. 
so it surprised me in society that that and it's a nice surprise, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, look, you know what I'm getting at there? Yep, exactly. It's a lot of fun. It's a great social game. Uh, it doesn't matter as far as your ability level, as, as long as you're kind of a little bit aware of like the etiquette as far as the sport. So making sure that, hey, I don't care how bad you are, just keep on up with the group in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, so just keep hitting it, just keep hitting it. <laughs> um, but, you know, and we'll even see that like in our men's club. We'll even They can make their own groupings. And we've got guys that probably might even be like plus handicaps playing with guys that are like 26 handicaps. It's just a fun social game. doesn't matter where you're at as far as you're good, bad, or, or indifferent. Yep, right. You can get on out there, uh, you know, spend four hours out there talking with your buddies, having some fun. It's it's a it's a fun sport. And for those guys and girls that were maybe competitive in high school, college, and whatever, and maybe you're able to do some of those sports, you still kind of got that competitiveness too. So it kind of mm-hmm. fills that void as well. So it is a right. great opportunity to just get out, get some recreation, enjoy the fresh air and the beauty kind of around some of these golf courses we have in our region. A couple of minutes left with Mac Cook, the head professional at Rose Creek. What do you got coming up this spring and summer? What are some of the highlights? You know, we, uh, we are returning kind of a lot of our corporate events. Okay, that's so great. For, you know, so booking Back in, to normal. Yep, so kind of booking in beginning of June. Um, we kind of have about one big event a week. We're trying to stick to no more than that just mm-hmm. so that we still have enough access. Um, as I mentioned, our ladies and men's are really thriving, so we've never had so many members in, 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 in both of them. Um, and so it's a it's a busy schedule. Maris is going to be back once again this year. It's a one day event, so we've got that going. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting as Sanford's taking a, a stronger role. And they are, in that. yeah, yep. It's it's all week event. Yeah, yeah, yep. And so that's really kind of fun, and exciting. Um, and uh, no, so I think we're just excited about another great year. I I just think that it's going to kind of maintain this pace this year once again. I just don't think things are going to just based off of the season pass sales this year and the volume that we're experiencing right now. We've had over six thousand rounds to date already. Now we had obviously an earlier six thousand six thousand rounds to date already, and, and we're in the middle of May. Middle of May. Last year we were at twenty six hundred, and it was kind of insane to begin last year. So wow. just to kind of give you an idea. So I have no idea what numbers we're going to get to as far as this year. But, uh, yeah, it's been busy. What, what's a, tip, a year? What's a good year? 20, 30, 35? You know, for us in the past, depending on as far as opening dates once again, mm-hmm. uh, and, of course, with golf, it's very weather dependent. So your opening dates and your closing dates. But I would say we've been kind of in that twenty six to 27,000 rounds pre-COVID. Okay. Last year we did 32 and a half. Yeah. And this year, like I said, if it goes even reasonably kind of on the pace it is, I, I'm guessing 35, 36,000 might be an easy attainable goal this year, which is, um, you know, unbelievable. That Basically, that's open to close, just about not many open tee times. Awesome. Thanks so, for joining the show. Yes, thanks for having thanks. me, Jeff. That's Matt Cook. He's a head professional at Rose Creek Golf Course in South Fargo. And you better better book your tee times. Uh, it, it's online, right? So Fargo Golf. FargoGolf.net. Take them yep. three days on out. So Wednesday for Saturday, 6 a.m. is our booking cycle. So people have been on their computer, 6 a.m., ready to go. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. This is Jeff Kopak. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak, as presented by Michelob Ultra in the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Again, thanks for Matt Cook for joining us in the first half of the hour. I think the story, and one of the best sports stories around in the last year, and through all the pandemic and all of the shutdown that we went through, is really the resurgence of the game of golf in general. And I can't think of a better person to bring on to talk about a resurgence in the game than somebody who's in the business himself. And he is Dave Osted, CEO of Osted's Golf. 
Kind of have to take a few minutes this morning to talk about, well, just that, uh, the, the comeback of the game of golf. Not that it was ever in the dumps, but I think it's uh, it's peaking and we're all loving it. So good morning, Dave. How are yeah. you? I'm doing well, Jeff, and you are absolutely right. We were... Yeah. We weren't we weren't struggling, but we were definitely treading water for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And we had a nice resurgent back when Tiger was on fire back in the late nineties and the total number of golfers nationally went from about twenty four million to thirty million, which was awesome. Obviously Austin has been around since nineteen sixty three, so we enjoyed that. Yep. Unfortunately, a lot of those folks um didn't last. They got into the game and for whatever reason um left it and we went back down to about 24, 25,000, 25 million, which is where we've been since mm-hmm. until this last couple of years. And uh, it has been um, uh, nothing short of miraculous. Again, I've been in this business my entire life. I've never seen anything like it. It's uh, every golf course is, is full. I, I know your listeners, I don't have to tell them that they got to fight for tea. Right. Oh yeah. There's no um, And uh, you know, our custom fitting program, which we really got in depth with about six years ago and, we sent our guys out to do training. I mean, they're basically book solid from morning to night, custom fitting golf clubs. And, and the really cool thing is this is not, uh, obviously there's a lot of, of core golfers that are going out and upgrading, but we're getting a lot of women and kids and, and people that said, Hey, I played 10 years ago and um, I want to get back into it. I want to play some more. And I think part of it's COVID. I think um, there wasn't a whole lot of other things to do. And golf's a great exercise. It's very social. And because again, because of COVID, you didn't have very many social outlets. Um, I don't know. I, we were talking before we went online about, you know, the TV coverage of, of things. And mm-hmm. I think golf has benefited more from TV coverage than almost any other sport with all the technology that we have. I mean, and I've had, I don't know how many people just in the last couple of weeks tell me they love to watch golf. And some of them don't even play. But it's very fun to watch the technology now to be able to see the drives. You see what the yardage is. You see, you know, what the loft and lie is. Even on greens, they'll actually map out for you where he has to hit it in order to make the putt. It's just fun, fun to watch. And so ratings for golf is, is at record highs, which is not true for many of the other sports. I know the NBA is way down. Yes. So yes. it's a great, great time uh, to pick up the game of golf or to be in the golf business. I think two things, Dave, that make it all the re- more remarkable are that, number one, we are in a society where it's just the quick, you know, what am I doing now? I, my phone, two minutes, that's, wah! you know, everything's just, it's so on you all the time. And we are always in a hurry. And and two, and two being the pandemic. So those two things, I, maybe we are getting back to, appreciating a little more relaxing sport and actually get this, take the time to do something. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there, there is a little bit of a turn back to the simpler world. And I think uh, also the social aspect, you know, we've been kind of cooped up in our homes and not being able to do things and being able to go out with your buddies and be able to talk to them in a safe environment and, mm-hmm. and have some fun competition as well. Uh, golf just fits perfectly in with that. So um, you know, it's, it's, it's a game that was, uh, has benefited a lot from all of the issues and struggles we've had. And personally, I think it's going to last. I think the tiger boom that we all talked about in the industry back in the late nineties was lasted about five or six years. And it, 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 you know, people looked at tiger and they went, that's cool. I want to be like him. Well, then they went out and played and they realized they're not like him. <laughs> so yeah. they, you know, so they left the sport and why I thought, so I think, 
Today, people are getting into the game for totally different reasons, and they and I think they're appreciating the fact that they can go out with their kids or their wife or their friends, and they can enjoy four hours or two hours of just solitude, be able to get some exercise, be outdoors, and and have some fun. Where was so, it? Uh, yeah. it's, it's great to see. Where was it in your sales? Maybe last summer, where you thought, hmm. Uh, maybe this, this game's trending upward. Was there something oh, well, specifically there? Last summer, I don't know if my heart can take a whole lot of years like last year because we were we were doing really well uh, the first two months, and then COVID hit, and we literally wondered if we're going to just have to shut the doors for good because mm-hmm. we weren't sure. I mean, we, our sales went to virtually nothing. And then late May, uh, you know, the weather got better. Uh, people said, hey, you can be outdoors. This virus doesn't doesn't really pass that much. You don't have to wear a mask. And then all of a sudden, from May, June, July, it was just crazy. And it hasn't stopped. It's just been and, – and now we're having issues with just being able to source products. And, of course, you hear that from yeah, virtually every industry. But uh, uh, if you go out and get custom fit today, depending on the manufacturer, uh, some of them, like Callaway, are really good, and we can get them in in less than two weeks. Uh, some of them, it actually takes six to eight weeks and, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be an issue as the summer wears on. But, uh, every retailer is struggling with how to source products and how to make sure you can get the product when the customer wants it. Yeah. I have a couple of friends building houses and the cost of lumber is just out of, out of control, yeah. but the uh, yeah. but golf clubs you're saying is a couple of weeks or so. Yes. And you'll be happy to know, uh, we have not raised our prices. Our prices are the same today as what they were at the beginning of the year. We're not going out and and uh, jacking up the prices and, and and going crazy with that. But yeah, you're right. It's there's some goofy times out there for a lot of industries. I want to shift gears for a second. In the last few minutes, Dave Osted, the CEO of Osted's Golf, on the golf show with Jeff Kopak. The Sioux Falls Great Shots. You have a tour fitting experience, and maybe I'll just let you take it from there. But uh, what happens? What what is a tour fitting experience? So um, in our store in Sioux Falls, we have five fitting bays. And they're kind of one right next to each other, and we have all the components, and we can kind of build them from there. But we determined that there was an opportunity for people who wanted more uh, exclusive one-on-one private experience. So uh, we partnered with Great Shots. We actually rent the space in the Great Shots facility right off of I-29. Mm-hmm. And you make an appointment. It's appointment only. And you are one-on-one for that fitter for however long you need in order to get exactly the right clubs for you. Typically, it's someone who's maybe a little more serious in the game and they want to really drill into, hey, what wedges are right, what clubs are right. We have all the components there. We have all the latest technology as far as uh, fitting and and computer, and we've got uh, a a really uh, customized one-on-one experience. And we've got beverages there. You've got a cold beer or water, whatever you need. Uh, we give you uh, some balls and a golf glove and some other stuff just for going through the experience. And uh, we weren't sure what the reaction was going to be. Candidly, we yeah. we started this two years ago, but it's been it's been phenomenal. It's uh, and we get people that maybe they're coming down from Fargo because they're they're kids in a uh, a volleyball tournament over the weekend at the Sanford Sports Complex, and uh, they can just skip over two blocks away uh, to the Great Shots facility, and they can get custom fit through uh, Austin's tour fitting experience and it's worked out really really well and that's all year round correct great I mean, yes, just because yes, it's in the winter and I'll, I'll give you I mean I was down at the the, the Pentagon covering a basketball tournament in December uh, the Dakota Showcase Classic keep in mind we're in the middle of a pandemic it's probably 25 degrees out 
and I drive by Sweet Shots or Great Shots, which is right there, and it was packed. I mean, yeah, I was no, like, wow. They got uh, three heaters up there. So I've played uh, at Great Shots when it was 17 degrees. It depends a lot on which way the wind is blowing. But if the wind is not blowing into you, you can play in, in short sleeves. And when it's 17 degrees, I've played when it's been driving snowstorm. That's really cool. That's very cool. But, uh, yeah, it's been a really neat deal. And a lot of the, the reason we wanted to be there as well is that's just another way to attract people that otherwise wouldn't go get a tea time, but they would go out and they would play at right. the, at a great shots or a sweet shots, however, you know, whatever you, you, you do there. Yep. And and ultimately, a lot of those folks, I think, are going to get converted as they play more. And they'll say, you know, I think I will go out on the golf course. Right. And, and uh, that's been proven with Top Golf over the years as well. Right. So. And sweet shots is opening up here in Fargo this fall. So uh, yeah. you can use your equipment uh, all year round even more than ever before. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be a great addition for Fargo. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a great concept and, and the golf industry for years has been scratching their head, wondering how are we going to grow this game? How are we going to get young people and couples and, and women to get into the game and all along comes top golf, sweet shots, great shots. And then we go, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it works because they love it. And it, and it, and it does, it's, it's packed. It makes a lot of sense. Right. So, Hey, before you cut me off, I just want to sure. do one little blurb. Yep. Austin is doing a golf tournament yeah. uh, in, in the Meadows on July 26th, okay. Monday. And come out and see Nick or Ben for details. But it's a great tournament. We're partnering up with Fargo's own Amy Olson. And all the money will go towards Golf for Africa, which is building water systems into these rural cities in Zambia, Africa. Last year, we raised $50,000 for a water system in uh, in the city in Africa. It's very cool, and we're going to try to double that this year. The tournament is the first time we've done it in Fargo, but I will tell you, if you want to do one tournament, and Austin's tournament is a good one to be in because the prizes will be like crazy. And for a team of four, it's uh, 750 bucks, and everybody will walk away with some great prizes. We have pin prizes in every hole. Uh, it's a great scramble. The Meadows on Monday, July 26th, and it's a great event. Uh, come out to our store, uh, see Nick or Ben. They've got information on it, and uh, he have a limited number of spots. But as soon as it fills up, it's filled. Oh, nobody better than Amy Olson, and we will have her on this show certainly before that and talk about that tournament. So, stars yeah, in Fargo. Yeah, yeah. She will. Yeah. Unfortunately, she will be in France during the tournament. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we tried to figure out a time when we could do it. This shows you how good. Uh, the business is because we couldn't figure out a time when any golf course in Fargo was available and Amy was actually in Fargo, but come out and see us. We're off of uh, 45th street, just South of uh, I-94. And uh, you can go online to Austin's.com, make an appointment for a fitting. Uh, That's usually the best way if you want to get the right clubs and we will be ready for you. When you come in, we'll have the clubs ready. We'll have a cage dedicated for you and we'll go through the process. And it's one of the reasons Austin's is the only golf retailer in the upper Midwest that's been, Rated the Golf Tiger's top 100 fitter mm-hmm. uh, every every year we've done it, and uh, we have fitters that literally get trained by the same people that are fitting Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, and they know what they're doing. Well said, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Thank Appreciate you. It. That's Dave Osted, CEO of Osted's Golf. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show, as presented by Michael Baltra. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, fourth segment. On the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak at the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Speaking of Lakes Country 
stuff and marine, why not head out to Wildflower in the heart of Lakes Country? Wildflower Golf Course certainly open now. It's been one of the great golf courses in the upper Midwest over the years. And I'd like to take a look at it uh, in the next few minutes. Please be joined by Christian Stensgaard. He's the course manager at Wildflower. Good morning, Christian. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Now, you are a rookie, correct, in your first year? How's that How's that going? Well, uh, yeah, I've been an intern the past two summers at oh. Wildflower. Uh, it's actually put me in a pretty good spot to be able to pick up where I left off the last two years and keep it going. So, yeah. Well, let's get to know you. Uh, you graduated from where, and how did you get into golf? I graduated from NDSU in 2020 with a bachelor in sport management, um, minor in business, mm-hmm. and I grew up in Maple Grove, graduated in 2015, played high school golf for six years on the golf team. I made it as a seventh grader, so that was pretty cool. Wow. And, uh, Veteran, just, yeah. uh, I, uh, I've always loved golf ever since I was introduced to it at the age of, I think, about 11 or 12. How did this wildflower came about? You started as an intern, so you got you learned the ropes, I imagine. Yeah, so I have a cabin about five minutes away, actually. So I was able to stay there in the summer and uh, work just really close to uh, the golf course, which is very nice. What a dream job, almost right out of yeah. college. You hang at the yeah. lake, you got a golf course. You're not digging ditches here. I mean, uh, exactly. What's been the learning experience for you, Christian? What's been the toughest thing for you to adapt to the business world here? Toughest thing to adapt to, I'd probably say, would be just getting used to all the different little details that you don't really you don't really see when you're just an intern. I guess mm-hmm. uh, you have less responsibilities, so it's just adapting to the to the little things that you don't really you don't really see on the surface. Wildflower Golf Course. Not everybody knows about it because uh, people are moving in and out of the community all the time, and and certainly, and our signal reaches far and wide. It's a destination course. I would I would say it's. It, it's a beautiful Lynx style Prairie Lynx. You got to play yeah. it, I think, don't you, to really appreciate it? Yeah, there's two different. There's really two different looks to it because, let's say on 18, you have tree lined fairway and it's very it's very narrow, but then the whole previous to that, it's a wide open prairie and you're hitting into a part part three and it's and it's wide open. So it's it's very uh, it has very different look. Uh, each hole's pretty unique, I would say. What is the most unique hole if you were to uh, to describe it? I got a couple there, but how would you describe your most unique hole? For me, it'd be eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably my favorite hole in the course because if you can bust a drive down there pretty far, it gives you the you, you you can usually have a pretty good chance of going for the green, even though you have trees lined up and up and down the right side. And it's, it's very risky, so it requires a precise shot, a well struck shot, but it's very doable. I think the 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 the, the, re, the fescue right the some of the rough sets it apart too. Do not hit it in there. Trust me. But yeah, it, yeah. I think you can make this course as difficult as you want, or as more playable if you're a senior as you want. Five different tee boxes. I would suggest in in some instances, especially when the rough gets going late in the year, maybe play forward. <laughs> That's just me. But uh, yeah. describe the different playability factors of Wildflower. Well, it's. Uh... Tees range from 7,000 all the way down to 5,300. So um, it's really playable for anyone in the who's just beginning golfing, intermediate level, all the way up to the, the most skilled golfers enjoy this golf course. Where do the golfers come from? 
Uh, they're from all over. It's it's a very busy, uh, very busy course during that end of June, mid July, or early and mid July months. We see lots and lots of people from all over, and you'd be surprised at how, how far they come. Christian Stensgaard is a course manager at Wildflower Golf Course uh, near Detroit Lakes, right by Pelican Lake. I, how how would you describe the location for people? You know, you're a lakes guy. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's really right in the heart of a bunch of different lakes in the area. Uh, you know, Mod Eunice. Yeah. You got uh, uh, Sally, Melissa, all those beautiful lakes that a lot of people coming here are, they're doing, they're golfing, but they're also doing other things like boating, skiing, fishing, all, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, if you want to make a weekend of it, there's other courses certainly to play around the area that be uh, worth your while. Uh, Christian, yeah. um, when you look at the course, okay, what do you got coming up this summer uh, as far as events? And, and and I think you got prices. You have a really cool um, season pass after 3 or 4 o'clock, a twilight deal too. Yeah, yeah. So after uh, starting June 1st after 4 o'clock, it would be just $39 for – 18 holes with a cart, which I think is very reasonable given the uh, given the quality of the course. Um, you're saying on the events. Well, we have so actually this past uh, past Monday we hosted Detroit Lake the Junior Varsity for an event had over 65 players as well. Mm-hmm. Went very very good for our first event of the year. Uh, Thursday, May 20th, we're hosting the Heart of Lakes Conference and a season tournament. They'll feature schools from Pelican Rapids, Bur- uh, per- Perham, Perham, yep, Perham, yep. Barnesville, Barnesville, and others. Uh, so yeah, that is our event coming up. Okay. Um, now, men's league. Oh, yeah. I keep going. Men's league. Uh, our men's league starts this upcoming Tuesday, May nineteenth. Uh, runs fourteen weeks. Uh huh. It's a two-man two teams where we'll alternate between the front and back nine each week, posting a team and individual gross and net score. So handicaps would be required to uh, be eligible for the net division. Uh, any other questions about the men, Wildflower Men's League, you could reach me at Christian at FairHillsResort.com. Christian at FairHillsResort.com. There's a little house on the prairie there. What's the story behind that? A little barn off number two, correct? Yeah, off number two. You know that's been there. I don't know a whole lot about that uh, that that house there, but it's certainly one of the more makes the course one of the more unique in. I would say within. I don't know if I could think of another course that would. Uh, no, nobody has that. Yeah. that. yeah. So Christian, appreciate the time. Christian Sensgard, course manager at Wildflower Golf Course near Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, right by Pelican Lake. Christian, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks. Good luck this summer. It's a, it's, a, it's a great track, outstanding course, and a fun course, too. I really enjoy playing it. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak. I'd like to say thanks to Matt Cook, thanks to Dave Osted, and certainly thanks to Christian. This is a... 740 The Fan production. You can also find us on 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the website. Stay tuned for The Common Man and Tita Green, the second best golf show in the upper Midwest, in my opinion. Until next week, hit them straight. 
Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austeds Golf. Join us next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.